Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, 100.3 FM, or the app. Always go to the WROL, the app. You can download that at uh, your favorite app store and find us there. You can always go to my podcast page, uh, johnatpaul.podomatic.com, or just search for us on iTunes or any one of those places to find other programs. I think we still stream on TuneIn Radio, I think. Um not through the station. I think I set it up. So um, so you can always find us all kinds of different ways. And, of course, you can always email me at jpaul at aaanortheast.com. And, uh, you know, maybe you have a question you want to you don't want to ask on the radio. You can do it there. Um, the, you, although I will let you know your question may appear in the Boston Globe or the Providence Journal on Saturdays, which is where some other stuff sits in. Hey, it's uh, December 1st, which I guess officially makes it. Well, to me, it means I have about three more weeks before I need to think about Christmas shopping because, you know, I don't rush into those things. Uh, but some people do. Some people have already started their Christmas shopping, and now it's December. I guess it seems more like it would be the time you go Christmas shopping. And what do you do if you're looking for gifts for car people? Well, with us on the phone is Richard Rayner. He is from Car ID, and it's not often we get repeat guests back on the program but Richard's joining us this is like the third or fourth time Richard good morning and welcome back to the car doctor program John Paul good morning it's a real pleasure to be back with you how are you good and yourself I'm doing great thank you welcome well, to December yeah welcome to December um I I know you're out in uh New Jersey uh is it snowing or anything out there or you don't hold that against me actually it's a it's a sunny dry day right now so we'll take it same as here. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to talk about the Patriots or the Red Sox or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I am going to talk about Car ID. Let's let's first uh, fill everybody in. What's Car ID? So CarID.com is the online marketplace for all your automotive needs. The website features uh, custom wheels and tires, all exterior and interior accessories. LED lighting, backup cameras, Bluetooth add-ons. And this is big, John. We've expanded the brand into other transportation and recreational sites, such as motorcycle ID, truck ID, boat ID, camper ID, and power sports ID. You mentioned LED lights. Um, yep. We have a, uh, in our family, we have a 2018 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, and my wife said to me, "I don't think the backup lights work in this car." I said, "What do you mean? It, what do you mean it doesn't work?" She said, "Well, you you shift in reverse, and you can't see anything. It doesn't look any different than when you're not in reverse." And sure enough, I get out and put it in reverse, and the lights work. And you mentioned LEDs. LEDs are a good way to try to improve that, right? That is a great suggestion. I've done that in my own cars. I've got an older Mazda Miata. I got uh, bulbs from Car ID, of course, from us and put them in the reverse lights, it is amazing. And frankly, it's a safety thing. And I think you're alluding to that, John, with your wife. Yeah. Uh, especially today's vehicles with uh, restricted uh, 
vision in the back. You may not have a backup camera. Even if you do have a backup camera at night, LED reverse bulbs are going to give you that much uh, brighter view out the back of the vehicle. Yeah, so that might be that might be the first upgrade to the new car, I guess, is maybe brighter brighter lights so we can see what we're doing. What what are some of the kind of holiday trends you think coming up? What are, what are people buying for car guys, car girls, or people that just need to be able to see better? I'll tell you, one of the big things that I'm seeing this year is uh, electronics. Uh, I've noticed, you know, with the new car business that I've been in my, my whole professional life, as well as the aftermarket business, uh, cars add on uh, newer electronics. I mentioned backup cameras a minute ago. And what happens is drivers of older cars see this new technology. They may not be ready to upgrade to a new vehicle. Frankly, maybe they can't afford it, but they still want this older technology. And this is where the aftermarket comes in. So things like backup uh, cameras, uh, Bluetooth-enabled technology for your uh, vehicle sound system, you can get all of this in the aftermarket, add it to your older car, update it, and, and you've got this, uh, this safety and uh, convenience uh, added to your, your older vehicle. Yeah, it, it, really, it really makes sense that you know, if you're looking at a particular car, in fact, I got a uh, I got a letter from somebody the other day, and they wanted they really wanted uh, a car with a stick shift, and but they didn't really want an SUV, but they wanted something that was practical, and that's always that's always a tough one to get. And one of the cars I suggested was um, the Kia Soul because it kind of has the utility of a SUV, gets pretty decent gas mileage, and and you can get it with a, a standard transmission. Well, to their disappointment. They said, yeah, I can get that with the standard transmission. The problem is I want cruise control, and God knows why. They wanted heated seats in their car, and this car is going to spend half of its life in Florida, which I don't understand why. But but maybe they just don't want chilly seats in the morning. And I said, you know, you can. there, there are in many cases all these parts are available in the aftermarket, and unlike, unlike – uh, add-on cruise control from years and years ago now it's all it all interfaces with the car's computer system and it can make it pretty easy exactly and that's uh, something else that's really big that we sell uh, we do sell uh, aftermarket uh, seat heating systems uh, at car id they're very easy to install i actually did a test install myself a while ago but you bring up a great point because a friend and a colleague of mine was just shopping online you know all these manufacturers websites have these on-screen configurators and it's frustrating when you want uh, item A or accessory A, you have to buy it now as a $2,000 technology package, for example, and you don't want everything else that's included in that, not to mention how much that adds to the bottom line when you go into the showroom to actually buy the car. So the aftermarket can be a great solution to getting a new car, your example, getting that stick shift that you want, but then looking to the aftermarket to see what individual accessories you can now add to the vehicle. Yeah, you can you can uh, yeah you can really make you can make even whether it's a brand new car or a car that's a year or two old and you know the people that uh, the people that are smarter with their money than me will say there's nothing better you know no better way to save money than to go out and buy a one or two year old used car let somebody else take all the depreciation out of it and when you when you do that and then you go well I didn't get I didn't get the backup camera for instance and you're right you can you can get a backup camera. 
Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I do I agree with you. That's uh, I, I tend to buy uh, CPO certified pre-owned cars or cars that are just coming off lease. And I, I find those to be great value. In many cases, I still have a manufacturer's warranty on them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, going back to what you know, what things are looking for. Sometimes it doesn't have to be um, a mechanical thing that somebody wants for their car. Uh, it can be just an upgrade to maybe you want to. Uh, you know, change the seat covers, or you want to um, do some sort of interior kind of a, a fun thing. And uh, uh, you know, every time I see a car with eyelashes on it, I kind of kind of kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But people do interesting kind of you know make their car their own. And do you guys do you guys have well not car eyelashes, but do you have things like seat covers and that type of stuff that people can look at? One of the biggest categories for us, and you just hit it on the head, is the whole interior accessory category. Let's face it, John, and, and you've seen this as I have. Today's colors are so bland. Everything on the road is silver, gray, black, or some variation thereof, and the interiors aren't much different. So when people discover for pretty reasonable costs that they can buy seat covers and matching floor mats and a matching or contrasting dash kit, all for just a couple of hundred dollars and add a real nice splash of color. Uh, these things are easy for the DIY person to install themselves. And now they can add a colorful seat cover. Uh, I can't believe some of the, the, the floor mats we've added. We've got floor mats and camouflage patterns. We've got sheepskin floor mats. We've got dash kits in, in all different kinds of solid colors. And people go crazy when they discover that stuff on our website. Again, it adds that splash of color as well as individuality that is lacking in today's modern automobile. And and sometimes it might not be, you know, if it's not that. Maybe it's maybe you're putting your Miata away for the wintertime and you're thinking, well, I, I want to put a cover on it. Now, you guys have just about every kind of car cover known to man, right? Well, I've got a car cover on both covers, uh, both cars, sorry, in my garage right now. I've got two cars I put down for the winter, and uh, this has been a revelation for me because before I worked for Car ID, I, honestly, I wasn't so sure that car covers were a great idea. I had concerns about moisture and actually doing more damage than good. And then I really looked into it, and I started working where I am now, and these car covers are just the greatest thing. They're breathable, but at the same time, they protect the, uh, the paint and glass and uh, bright trim from all kinds of uh, dust and dirt and, and moisture. They're easy to clean. Uh, many of these covers are padded. So like for me, my workshop is also in my garage. If a tool happens to decide to develop wings and go flying out of my hands and it hits one of the cars, I'm, I'm pretty well protected because, the, again, the covers are padded. And uh, I just think they're the greatest thing. They roll up and they pack into a neat little duffel bag. I can put them away for the, uh, for the summer or even just take them out, take them with me. If it's a, if it's a hot summer day, I want to cover the car for a little bit. And if you don't have a garage, you guys sell garages. <laughs> we, we sell it all. These, these, uh, these portable outside buildings are, are really incredible. I've got a lot of friends who are in the hobby as well as the business who, 
frankly, have more cars than they have indoor storage space for. So uh, that's the solution. Even even if you don't want to go that route, many of the car covers are rated for exterior protection. We do a great job on the website showing you how the covers are rated for snow, for rain, for wind, for, for dust, for uh, tree, branch, bird dropping, protecting. All of that's on the website. And I was—I just actually brought up the website, which is pretty easy to find. It's just carid.com, and uh, and I just looked up covers. I was just curious, and and if I want to get a cover for my uh, uh, snowblower, I can get one of those, right? Absolutely, I've got covers on my patio furniture that I got from us. So any of your your outdoor equipment, uh, all of that is there. So yeah. it it uh, it's truly all inclusive. Yeah, we you know we were talking we were talking earlier about interior kits and things and and I uh, got some pictures that somebody sent me of a, a car and the car was mechanically in really good shape and and I think it came out of uh, Arizona or someplace but the interior was all kind of baked out of it and the seats were all worn out and the dash was all worn out and even the the steering wheel they described it as almost sticky feeling and just mm. and just looking at it all of a sudden now. I see dash covers, steering wheel covers, and seat covers. So for a little bit of money, you could put kind of your own little custom interior in this and have a car that was uh, that you could drive without, you know, if you're replacing a steering wheel, you know, it's going to be $1,000. But you could put a steering sure. wheel cover on it and actually have something that would work out okay. Yeah, especially a car that's got an airbag in it, John. Uh, you know, I don't like to see uh, people remove airbags. Uh, I am big still on, on the safety side of it, and uh, a cover is a great compromise solution. You keep the factory airbag, but you uh, fix the sticky wheel or the worn wheel solution, and you uh, maybe add a little bit of a customization if you want to choose a custom color. And some of these covers, some of these covers look really good. I. Um they look they look almost like the factory and they fit they look like they fit perfectly so they do i added uh, i i've sold it since but i had an older uh, ford uh, truck that i bought a while back and the steering wheel had that sticky feel to it and it was a little bit of labor but it was worth it i bought one of these lace on leather covers and it took uh, an hour or so to sew it on but frankly it looked uh, better than factory it wasn't just one of these simple slip-ons you can go that route also but my point is if you want to put a little bit of effort into it you can really do a nice job with a semi-permanent uh, lace-on leather cover too yeah no they it, the stuff looks pretty good and again much cheaper than going out and trying to find a a uh, replacement steering wheel or having somebody try to do some kind of custom yeah, you know, velour to it or something like that. So, so you can yeah. get something that you can do yourself, and you can be happy with the way it came out. And you say, "Hey, look, I I did this, and 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 did a good job with it." So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, so for somebody who's out there and they're thinking, you know, hey, hey there's somebody in there's somebody in my family that uh, that I know they like cars, or I know they like being around cars. So there's all kinds of accessories. Um, do you guys have gift cards? We do. We do have gift cards. They're available. Uh, you can just scroll down to the bottom of the, the home page and find a link for it. And it's a, it's a great gift idea, uh, John. You know, we, it is December. The holidays, believe it or not, are, are right around the corner. And I was going to bring that up anyway because I, I was looking at our site the other day. And, you know, I get asked all the time by friends, uh, family members, gee, there's a gearhead in my family. I don't know what to get this person for a holiday gift. And, you know, I don't always know what year make 
uh, type of vehicle this person is driving. So I think about what would I like to get for Christmas or for the holidays. And there's nothing wrong with a gift card, but there's also nothing wrong with looking at a more universal type gift. I know I would appreciate that. Consumables like wash and wax kits, uh, a pack of microfiber towels, uh, extendable uh, uh, car wash brush or these car wash kits. A lot of that stuff on our site, believe it or not, under $20. And you can satisfy the gearhead for a uh, uh, a gift to someone in your family. Or from the safety side, get a good uh, long-handled uh, snow brush to push all the snow off the car because I know if I was driving between here and and where you are, I think now there's at least two states that uh, require me to make sure I clean all the snow off the car. Yeah, it's long, it's long New Jersey, and with uh, light trucks like SUVs now pushing, as you know, 70%, just about 70% of new vehicle sales, uh, let's face it, if you're a little bit short of stature, uh, reaching the roof and getting all that snow off there is not easy. My wife drives a newer minivan, and uh, I have trouble reaching the, uh, the, the top of her vehicle to clear the snow off, so I had to get a, a longer handle brush. So that's another great gift idea. Well, you could move the Miata out of the garage and put her van inside. <laughs> she might be listening. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, your, site, your site is, if people are like, uh, you know, how do I know I'm getting the best deal? You guys also price match too, right? We, uh, we have a price match guarantee, and uh, we stand by it. Our, our sales office and customer service office are based in the U.S., so uh, right here in New Jersey, actually, and so you'll, uh, you'll speak to somebody. Uh, we've got a very friendly, knowledgeable staff that opens seven days a week, so you can shop without calling in. I think it's one of the greatest strengths of our, uh, our company. You can sit home in your jammies at 10 o'clock at night and place an order, or if you want to get some expert advice you can call in and talk to somebody and uh one of our one of our listeners uh sent me a list of about 50 different military discounts uh and what isn't on the list is car id but on your website you do do military id discount uh, yes we yep. do have military discount yes yep. so yeah please uh include us in that we're, we're, we're more than honored to offer that to our uh, our, our people who serve well, Richard, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's always good to come up with some ideas. Uh, again, uh, you know, it's uh, I guess we're technically 24 days away from Christmas, uh, which means I have, um, which I won't start Christmas shopping for like 23 more days. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's coming up fast, John, so uh, have a great holiday. Yeah. yeah, you as well. Before we let you go, what what do you what do you see, you know, as, as the, you know, the L.A. Auto Show just – just uh, finished up. SEMA just finished up. Uh, what do you guys see as the next hot hot trend? You know, I, I, I laugh. Now, I'm an enthusiast as well as being in the business. When I say I laugh, I mean it in a good sense. For all the predictions in 2018 about a gasoline becoming too expensive and alternative powertrains and autonomous vehicles, you know what's still huge, John? Horsepower. We sell turbo add-on kits, superchargers, chips for your, for your ECU. People still are, in general, Americans are embracing the concept of individual vehicle ownership. I mentioned customization several times. People still want to have that power under the hood. 
I don't see that changing for 2019. Uh, gas is predicted still to be cheap. As I said earlier, uh, truck sales are almost 70% of the new vehicle market. It seems like a thousand horsepower is almost, uh, uh, expected these days in the way of uh, what manufacturers are, are, are reaching for. And certainly you can get it by uh, uh, hopping up your own engine, yeah. your own vehicle. So uh, I really see that as a, as a strong trend. Now, how long that's going to last, I don't know. But I'm, I'm actually happy to see that people still still love the idea of the individual car ownership and embracing all that all that entails. No, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I was talking to somebody who said, you know, millennials, you know, they're, they're, you know, and maybe, you know, at some point younger than them, uh, you know, they're, they're all about, they're all about car sharing. They're all, and I, and I'm like, I don't know here, here in the United States, we have a true love affair with automobiles. And I don't know that that's going to change that quickly. And the idea that, uh, I know there was a study that came out a while back that said millennials uh, aren't going to own cars. And then all of a sudden millennials started to have kids and found out hey, we need to own a car. Uh, very true. And another thing that I learned this year, uh, again, predictions about autonomous vehicles being widespread in the next five years have all uh, taken several steps back and many more realistic voices have risen up to say that frankly, we're, we're probably a, one to two decades away from you know, autonomous vehicles being widespread, yeah. meaning uh, accounting for most vehicles on the road. Are they coming, John? They certainly are. Is work continuing on them? It is. There have been some black eyes to that effort. Yep. As we know, tragically, there have been some accidents and some fatalities, sadly. Um, and it's not going to go away. It's just not going to be here as quickly as everybody thinks. In the meantime, I think Americans especially are enjoying their automobiles more than ever. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and at, at uh, AAA, my full-time employer, where... Um, it, it was kind of interesting. We did a survey that said something like 73% of uh, people surveyed, and we did a wide uh, variety of ages, were not interested and, in fact, didn't even want to get into an autonomous car. And it kind of makes me wonder when all the car manufacturers are literally spending billions of dollars on the technology when three out of four people don't want it. Right, right. I saw that survey. Yeah, great point. Yeah, no. Hey, Richard, always a pleasure. Thanks, and have a great holiday, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk after the first of the year. John, pleasure to be on with you again. Happy holidays to all your listeners. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. That was Richard Rayner from Car ID. Kind of a consummate car guy, been around for a while. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to do a car review. That's going to turn into trivia. That's going to make Dennis crazy. But, you know, that's what I live for here. We'll be right back. Seems that dear old Santa has got something up his sleeve. 
December first, we can we can do a little Christmas car music. Most of it's country because why not? It usually is so. Yeah, my genre of music doesn't usually include country. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. No, not no, no, no. It doesn't. Oh. They don't usually do Christmas stuff, so I don't know any anything that I can pull up for car related Christmas music from my genre of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween music, maybe. Halloween, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I get the Halloween, no problem. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Although there is, your genre of music does have a lot of car stuff in it. They do. Yeah. Just yeah. Christmas car Not stuff. Christmas right? car stuff. It is, a little bit of, it is a little bit of a trick to get Christmas stuff. So, uh, hey, I, we, I saw Johnny Costello in here. And now I see him out in the oh, car. Now he's waving to now us. Waving. Hi, how yeah. are you doing there? Yeah, he was, he was, so that means there must be an Irish remote somewhere today. So. Uh, so he should have stopped in and said hello, but that's okay. That's okay. He's he's off working. Hottest working guy in radio works thirteen jobs, something like that. I, I've been I've I've seen him in two jobs. I've seen him two. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen him at three. So I haven't seen him at three. Yeah, but but anyway. So uh, but good for him. So that means he's out he's out doing some stuff. So uh, good for him. So. And we'll we'll hear about that. I'm sure when Paul Sullivan comes in. So, always good stuff going on around here, especially near the holidays. So, I want to talk about the car that got me around uh, in the past. Uh, oh, and I want to put oh. a disclaimer. Yes, I don't hate trivia. <laughs> I hate when you do trivia when there's like three minutes left in the show. Well, there's an hour left yes. in the show. So <laughs> this is a good time to do good trivia. Time. Good time. Um, so. This week's uh, car review, which again turns into trivia, which turns into me cleaning my desk some more at work. I gave, I actually gave away three books this week. Uh, one about Lamborghini, one about Porsche, and one about Volkswagen. So, doing my best. You know, I have to move about three hundred yards down the street, and it doesn't make any difference if you have to move a hundred feet or. A hundred miles, you still got to pack up the same amount of stuff. So, which is probably why I'm never leaving my house. Just because. Anyway, the car that got me around was the 2019 Volvo S60. The midsize Volvo S60 has been completely redesigned for 2019. The S60 is available in both front-wheel and all-wheel drive versions with the choice of engine power. The front-wheel drive T5 version um, of the S60 uses a 2-liter four-cylinder engine that develops 240 horsepower. Uh, with, all, with the all-wheel drive T6 version... It uses the same turbocharged engine, but they add a supercharger, boosting the horsepower up to 316. Like Richard said from Car ID, it's all about horsepower these days. Even when it's in a, um, their next version is the T8, which is a hybrid, plug-in hybrid. It makes 400 horsepower. Our road test was in the T6 version of the S60 with the R-Design options, which is the... Uh, 
uh, sportier look and feel to the S60. Interior has a high-quality look with quality finishes used throughout. The front seats have plenty of adjustments and are designed to hug the occupants and hold them in place during spirited driving. There are enough bins, cup holders, and a decent-sized glove compartment for storage. The controls are a combination of touchscreen and buttons. I found the overall package a little less distracting than some cars, but still some functions require too much time focused on the screen, swiping and scrolling and not focused on the road. The performance from the turbo supercharged four-cylinder engine was very good. This combination delivers a smooth, strong response from stop to highway speeds. Fuel economy during my time with the S60 averaged about 24 miles per gallon, according to the onboard uh, trip computer. The steering was precise. The handling was very good. Although the ride in our sporty sedan could get a bit harsh over pavement brakes and other road imperfections. Model also had... Uh has a control to optimize ride handling, fuel economy, and even comfort settings. Um, it was still a little on the firm side, even when you put it on comfort, but that could be have to do with that um, R um, trim level, which is a sportier trim level. Safety is addressed with a full complement of semi-autonomous safety features such as automatic emergency braking, lane departure warning and correction, smart cruise control, pedestrian and vehicle detection. You know, it's interesting. Volvo kind of made its mark on safety you know, have them being one of the first cars with seatbelts and three-point seatbelts and all that sort of stuff. And they haven't lost that on their way as they've designed better-looking, more stylish cars. Trunk space has always been tight in an S60, and compared with other mid-sized sedans, that hasn't changed. The latest S60 topping out at just 15.5 cubic feet. The fit and finish of the S60 is quite good with a lack of road noise. Makes a cabin a great place to spend an extended drive. The S60 by Volvo has always been a good car that's getting better all the time and now competes with some of the best from Germany. If you're thinking if you're thinking Audi, BMW, look at the look at the Volvo. It's it's certainly it's it's not the Volvo that you might have remembered from years back. If you can live with a bit of firm ride and want the latest safety features, the Volvo S60 is worth a look. Base price 368 Fuel economy, 24 city, 26 highway, crash tests, rated five stars. Pretty good. So, nice car. They did a good job with it. You look like you're going to say something. No? Just getting ready? Just getting ready for trivia? All right. Well, the trivia question is, and this is simple, I think. And if you've won recently, give somebody else another chance. In the old 1960s TV series that had Roger Moore star as Simon Templer in The Saint, there was a Volvo in it. What year and make was it? What year and make Volvo was in the original TV series The Saint? Not to be confused with the really bad movie that came out with Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer which was... I met him at the New York Auto Show because they were they were promoting that. He's a jerk, by the way. Sorry, Val, if you're listening. You were a jerk. Um, but, uh, I think he's a little bit more humble now. Is he? I yeah. think that was like he was still riding a high, high from yeah. some no. things that he did. Yeah. And since then, it's been all down. Yeah. I mean, they paid him some ridiculous amount of money to come out at the auto show. And he just was like, he's just... Uh, so if you know the answer to this, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. What was the year and model car that was in the original TV series, uh, The Saint, with Roger Moore? Uh, 
Another person I had the honor of meeting years back and uh, who passed away was uh, George Bush. Uh, he's, uh, we were up at, uh, we were up at the, uh, Colony Hotel up in Maine, uh, the New England Motor Press and me, I guess. And I was with, a uh, person who was a, with a P, uh, she was a PR person with one of the car companies and now she's the executive director of, uh, the New England Motor Press. And we were together and she was a big fan of George Bush. And I said, well, you know, he lives right down the street. Why don't we go in and stop in and see him? And, of course, I didn't mean that. But I said, let's go down and see where, see where he is and, uh, in, in Kenny Bunk or Kenny Bunk Port, whichever one it is. And we drove down. And I said, oh, he must not be here because the Secret Service cars aren't blocking the driveway. When he's actually at his house, um, they park like two black Chevy Suburbans out in front of the driveway so he can't drive down the driveway. I said, well, he must not be here. So we drove around, and the um, we had our lunch, and we came out, and uh, I see two guys very well-dressed, casually very well-dressed, uh, baseball jackets, hats, shorts, but everything looked crisp, and uh, noticed that they were wearing earpieces, and I was kind of like, huh, I wonder what's going on. And sure enough, they come out, they kind of do a quick look around, and George Bush and a couple of his friends pop out. So uh, I said to Lisa, hey, there's George Bush. Let's go meet him. And she's, oh, we can't. I said, well, what, is, what are they going to do? Shoot us? Perhaps. It's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> so we went over and I said, oh, hi, President Bush. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm uh, here with the New England Motor Press Association, we ride about cars. We just had our lunch here, and uh, I said, uh, uh, you know, "My friend Lisa here is a big fan. She wanted to meet you." And and he's like, "Oh, can can I meet the other folks too?" I'm like, sure. So he came over and shook hands with everybody and wished everybody a good day. And just very nice, very nice guy and very polite. And um, and although it was fun, and he was probably he was probably in his early eighties. And the one thing, the one thing that um, Lisa said to me was, he gave you like a rock solid handshake, but when he shook my hand, he was very, very kind of meek. And I said, well, he's, you know, he's a polite Southerner. You know, he's, he's like, she's like, I expected like, you know, the same kind of handshake. And I'm like, nah, you know, he's, he's, you know, you're, you're a woman, and he's going to shake hands different, differently with you than, you know, with, with a guy. And I said, you're right. He. Big hands and they had a good handshake. So, um. and as I said earlier, he he definitely lived his life to the fullest. I mean, yeah. CIA director, um, vice president, president jumped out of planes in the in his eighties and nineties, fought in Korea, something like that. Mm. I mean, he he lived a full full life. I think your trivia question's too hard. You think so? <laughs> All right, well, well. I'll tell you what, we'll 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 make it easier. Just tell us the model. Volvo. Volvo. What <laughs> model Volvo was used in the original TV series The Saint? If you know the answer, we will give you a prize. Oh, and the prize, interestingly, well well it's a two-part prize cuz you you also get tickets to the auto show and the RV show. So you get tickets to the auto show and the RV show. And oh, you'll get a because I don't have a book about Volvos, you'll get a book about Saabs. So you get a Saab book, 
which is a Swedish car company. Well, used to be a Swedish car company. And uh, but you'll get a book, you a book highlighting some of the history of Saab, which also, strangely enough, does mention Volvo in it. And um, we will we will give you uh, we'll give you a prize. So a couple tickets to the auto show, a couple tickets to the RV show, and and this book. Now all of a sudden the phones woke up and people are people are calling it. Um, Here's an interesting little tidbit. and um, The car from the Saint was actually found about 25 years ago with the engine in the back seat. And uh, the original car, driven by Roger Moore as Simon Templer in the 1960s TV series, has been fully restored by car enthusiast Kevin Price. It went on display um, when it was finished as a labor of love. Mr. Price found the car on a farm in North Wales in 1991 and persuaded the owner to sell it to him in 1997. He spent 10 years collecting parts and uh, another 6 to 10 years on the restoration. So um, it was a pretty sorry sight. Uh, the original Volvo, uh, when it was found rotting away in the Saint, which uh, featured more as a suave modern-day Robin Hood, according to this, which I guess is true, um, the, uh, the license plate on the car, I didn't realize this, was ST1. Um, although there were uh, a series of cars, like there always is, um, there was more than just one. But it's interesting that they um, they found this car just in a barn somewhere. So there you go. All right. Let's see if anybody knows. Let's start with uh, Neil in Beverly. Neil? Yes. What you- it was a Volvo 21800. He started out with a coupe, and he wound up with the one that looked like a mini station wagon. Yeah, and it was uh, it was um, hard to say whether it was a good car or not. Uh, you know, the, the uh, recently recently uh, um, uh, a, a Volvo enthusiast that drove a P eighteen hundred. Three million miles, uh, fellow just passed away. But uh, one of our old listeners to the program remembers these cars as pretty much rotting away in the driveway, sort of thing. So, uh, um, and not being not being the best car in the world. But I'll tell you what, we'll put you on hold. We'll take down your address and we'll send you out some tickets to the auto show and a and and a book, and uh, you can be good to go. I'm a Saab fan. There you go. Well, you get a Saab book. I had a 64, 68, and 70. Well, and on the Volvos, the first one was made by Jensen, which was a bad car. Then the S models were the Swedish ones, which supposedly were a lot better. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny because I uh, um, one of our one of our old time listeners, Steve from Boston, uh, he uh, I believe he had one of these, and it was not. He 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 liked it to look at it, but I, I'm not so sure it was such a great car. But uh, but I always like I always liked the looks of them, and 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 I thought even uh, you know when Volvo came out with the uh, with that little sort of hatchback wagon ten or so years ago, I thought it kind of you know took its you know took its roots back to the P1800, and I even think you know BMW with the uh, three series kind of wagon back. Uh, vehicle they had kind of kind of was trying to trace back to that same feature. So yeah, they were they were pretty interesting cars, and I kind of like that style of car. So uh, so we'll get you out the we'll get you out the Saab book, and we'll send you out a couple tickets to the auto show. How's that? Sounds great. All right, thanks, Neil.
Bye. All right, let's go over to, we'll let Dennis do that, and let's go over to Tom and Weymouth. Tom, is that you? Hello, how you doing? How you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, very good. I watch the Saint every day, and I couldn't tell you what the car is. All I know is it's ST one. You know, it's funny. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember the plate, and and uh, I, I guess the show still is on like uh, one of those. Uh, yes. BTVs, right? It's on. Uh, yeah, I think it's a different one, but it's on every day. Every yeah, day. I watch it. I watch it every day for the past year. Wow. And I couldn't tell you what the car was. <laughs> <laughs> they never mention it. <laughs> well, and, and it was, uh, you know, back back then, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like today where the uh, car manufacturers charged the companies to to uh, put their car in the show. You know, whether it was, you know, uh, they bought a Saab to put in the show, and um, same thing, even like the Rockford Files. The you know, the first couple mm-hmm. years of the Rockford Files that that firebird they they actually bought it and then uh, then after a while they got endorsements and and you could see that over the over the years you know whether uh, uh you know whether it was some of the the uh the tv shows that were around for a long time whether it was um you know fbi or dragnet or all those things and you know and even and even some of the even some of the comedies like i dream a genie had a series of pontiacs in it and and bo- gto yeah yeah but they it actually I, had the 67 gto yeah, yeah yeah and i think i dream a genie started off with like a tempest or something you know yeah they, they yeah, got, he had like a pontiac catalina i think yeah something yeah yeah and, and then they went to the gto yeah but um what uh what I called you, I wanted to ask you a question. I called you a couple of weeks ago about a carburetor. I had to literally confuse, you know, yeah. getting fuel into the crankcase, and you said try the uh, fuel filter. So I did that. You sent me out in the cold, and uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I did I replaced it, but I noticed when I took one of the mounting bolts out, I noticed a piece of thread from the internal block, ah. and you thread it in. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, that's not good. Nope. So anyways, I, when I got the pump, I put it in, and it's not grabbing the way it should you know i can get it a bit tight but if i go that extra it's it spins so if i back it out hmm. what it, what can you do in that situation uh, well <laughs> yeah. you, you you need to you need to drill it out and uh and use a helicoil so it looks like a spring that threads right. so you so it threads into the hole and then mm. uh and and then it will tighten up tighten up as tight as can be um, and so what you're doing is you just basically, you drill, you're almost like drilling out the threads and then mm. this, this helicoil, um, threads into the same spot and then the bolt threads into that. So oh. you, you either have to find somebody with a helicoil kit. Now, if you tried to run a tap through it and maybe just clean up the threads a little bit and then maybe mm. use a little bit longer bolt. So longer than what was in there, there may be some threads further down on that that may tighten it up. Hmm. Right. That's why I wanted to learn any tricks just for the winter. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, could, I mean, uh, I I would start with I would you know what's it like a five sixteenth or three eighths bolt something like that. Yeah, five sixteenths yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah three eighths. Yeah. And I would get I would get a five sixteenths tap. I would run the mm. tap in it to make sure it's clean. Take a little bit of uh, you know a, a little bit of. Uh, uh, WD-40 or something afterwards to try to wash out any of the junk that's in there. And then instead of using the bolt that might be an inch long, uh, go get one that's like maybe an inch and a quarter long. And that may mm-hmm. not bottom out in the bottom of the block. It may go down just a little bit further. And then you might oh, be able, yeah. you, it might be able to catch it just enough to tighten it up, you know, put a lock washer on it, and, you know, maybe you can call it a day. 
Yeah, maybe a little lent. Yeah. yeah, it might be less. I was yeah. wondering how deep they actually go. Yeah, in so it 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 it, cha- it, it varies. Um, uh, but usually, what happens is they don't they don't bottom out because um, they, they want to make sure you don't you know you don't over tighten it and crack it, whatever the case is. But you might find just going an eighth of an inch longer or a quarter of an inch longer is just enough. Short of that, you're going to have to helicoil it. Um, I don't recommend, you know, going up, you know, going from five sixteenths to three eighths. Um, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, if you had to, if that was the only thing you could do, you could get away with that. But, but uh, right. try, try just, try just a little bit longer bolt, but clean up the threads first. Yeah, and that may be just enough, and maybe even put a little bit of Loctite on it uh, when it snugs down nice and tight, and the Loctite will help hold the bolt in place. Yeah, I got you. Okay, on that. You know, it's amazing how different size the fuel pump is to the older one. Oh, really? How much smaller? Yeah, physically, like the round diaphragm pump. Yep is 30% smaller, mm. you know, in the circle there. Yeah. But but I can feel that this one has much more pressure when I yep. press into the diaphragm versus the other. Now, when you... Know, you the older one or whatever. Yeah, when you pulled the old one out, did you notice... Did you notice, uh, um, like, gas on the other side of it, like where it mounts to the block? Did you notice, like, a gas smell or anything? Or? You know, honestly, not really. Okay. Oil, a little bit of oil yeah. there, but yeah, not sure. really... Yeah. I, I think the other issue which may have been doing it is every time it would start it and would set, it the float the carburetor itself, the float would overflow. Okay. And I had that apart so many times and the, the float is free and put new needle seats. Yep. I can't figure out why yeah. that uh, yeah. does that. No. Oh, I know what I'm going to ask you, but go ahead. Is is the float set I mean you had it apart so many times, the float set right, is <laughs> set at the right height? Well, well, here's the thing. So I got the specs on it, mm-hmm. right? And I set it to specs because I, I, I got specs. Yep. Yep. It came with the carburetor kit and this and that. And when I set it to specs and put it back on there, it was worse. Oh. It actually, yeah, well, the engine just was almost flooding out, could barely keep it running. Mm. So I said the only thing I touched on this particular time was that. Went back in there, and I set it back to where it was originally, which was not in specs. It was probably like a quarter of an inch you know, lower than it should be, and then it went back to running the other way with yep. the occasional flooding over. Yep. Like uh, when I was, here's what I'm warned. I'm glad you mentioned that. When the fuel enters, right, it's coming up through the filter right yep. there, and yep. there's pressure there. Is there anything internal to the carburetor, like a that kind of reduces that pressure? You know, like a screen or something that could be. No, because no, because hmm. the, the the mechanical fuel pump is only, you know, you know, less than five pounds of pressure. So what happens hmm. is when the when it when it when it starts up, and it uh, and the uh, float fills and then it essentially shuts off the fuel going into the carburetor when the float comes up, just like the, you know, tank in your toilet. You know, when, it, when the right. float, float yeah. comes up, it shuts off the water. You know, there's water there's water pressure on the, you know, toilet tank uh, valve all the time, but when the thing goes up, it shuts off, and it does the same thing with the car until until it needs gas out of the fuel bowl, and then it comes back down, and that's sort of how it works. So, right. yeah, so it works sort of the same way. The other thing, and you've had this thing apart a million times. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. the other thing I would try is next time you go to put it together, um, run the carburetor completely out of gas. So, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, if there's a if there's a rubber if there's a rubber fuel line that you can put a yep. pair of vice yeah, grips on and just let it run out of gas. Let the let the let the float settle completely down, and then when it starts back up, if there is any kind of debris that maybe you somehow missed in the mm-hmm. in the needle and seat, that rush of gas is going to flood is going to wash away anything, and that may cure it. But you know, short of that, I'm. Did that? Yeah, I did that did when that, I yeah. took it apart the last time. Yeah. I, the one time I filled it with fuel and put it in there, so mm-hmm. it was you know at the yeah. level. This time I left it completely dry, and it overflowed. Yeah, you know, I have, and I shut it off, restart it, then it doesn't overflow. It's yeah. almost like if there's space. I don't know if it, it <laughs> rained down. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy, but uh. I don't mind if it's warm out. I think yep. I'll go out there today, maybe. And for the, John, I want to ask you, I hate to ask you, do you have any uh, tickets? You, you did give me a set for the show, the auto show, for the RV, because I am looking into, I'm, I'm trying to decide on something I really want to do. Uh, yeah, abs- right absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, tickets for the that, RV but, show, but sure. I'm going there anyway. Yep. I'll be in the building. You're going to be in the really building. So, yeah, I think it's just, it starts a day, I think the RV show starts a day later, so. But, yeah. Okay. Yep. No, stay right there, and Dennis will get Thank down you. your address, and we'll send them out to you. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Keep sure thing. On. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. I got a comment today on my email about what I think about the headlights in new cars, and uh, and especially the bright ones, and, and people don't necessarily like them. And uh, there was a big headlight study that was just done. In fact, um, if you're looking, coming up in January, there's going to be a completely new AAA the AAA newspaper is going away. The AAA is going is going to a magazine format. It's not. It's going to come out about eight times a year instead of twelve times a year. So you will see that. Um, don't be too disturbed that they're using a different writer to write car reviews. Supposedly it's just for a month or so, but um, but yeah, they're not they're not using my material for some reason. But uh, if you uh, you can let them know that you miss me. At AAA, and I, I still want my car Q and A column that's in the Globe and in the Journal and other papers like the Quincy Sun once in a while. I'd like to see it back in our own publications. So, if you have some free time and you want to write to somebody at AAA, go ahead. <laughs> um, but anyway, there was a story from um, the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety, and it says night vision headlights improve, but base models leave drivers in the dark. Just over half of the 2018 model vehicles that IIHS evaluated are available with headlights that do an adequate job of lighting the road and limiting glare for oncoming drivers, but most good-rated headlights are optional or bundled with features that can raise the price of the vehicles. Consumers shouldn't have to buy a fully loaded vehicle to get headlights they need to satisfy uh, uh, road safety at night. David Aylor, uh, manager of active safety testing at IIHS, all new vehicles should come with good headlights. Since the Institute released its first headlight rating for passenger vehicles in 2016, most manufacturers have focused on improving this key safety component that year, only two out of 95 headlight systems on 2016 model vehicles um, evaluated rated a good rating. Um, I did some, I don't have fancy testing equipment, but I found that a lot of cars on low beam, if you're driving it more than, say, 40 or 45 miles an hour, you're actually not lighting up the road far enough to react to things that could come up on the roadway. The headlights just aren't bright enough. Um, 
Good rated headlights are needed to qualify for the 2018 Top Safety Pick Award, and good or acceptable rated headlights are a requirement for their Top Safety Pick. The Institute is evaluating headlights on contenders for the 2019 awards. A single model may have several different headlight options, um, and, and they really go on to say the trim, light, trim line matters. The Genesis G90, a luxury sedan, and the Lexus NX, a mid-sized luxury SUV are the only 2018 models evaluated to come with good rated headlights, no matter the trim level or options. Um, they go on to say that, for instance, uh, the Kona LED low beams should give drivers a, uh, traveling straight at 65 miles an hour enough time to identify an obstacle on the road and break to a stop. In contrast, someone with the halogen lights would need to drive 25 miles an hour slower to have the same time to react to a crash. The, the Kona is among 17 vehicles with good rated headlights that also have poor rated headlights. So, you know, the bottom line is if you have to drive at night, go find a car that, uh, and, you know, the car that you want to buy, go drive it at night. Make sure it's okay. The Kona LED projection headlights cast enough light for the driver to spot a pedestrian or a deer straight ahead in comparison to the halogen project, uh, projection lights that, that can't. Um, they go on to say the same thing I just said. Unless you go for a test drive at night, IIHS ratings are the only way to know whether the vehicle you're considering will have good headlights. My suggestion is don't even look at the ratings. Go drive the car and see what you think. Um, the 4Runner, the Toyota 4Runner, a great uh trucky SUV uh, has halogen projector headlights, for instance, and they rate poor because the midsize SUVs, uh, low beams don't provide enough light on a gradual and sharp curves, and they also create some glare. So that's one of the other things. Most headlights use one of three light sources, halogen, high-intensity discharge, or LED. Each of these can be uh, paired with either in a multifaceted reflector or projection lens, Projector headlights use one lens to spread the light out, while reflectors use shiny surfaces that bounce the light forward. Domestic manufacturers in general have room for improvement, especially when it comes to pickup trucks. Poor-rated headlights are the only ones available on Ford's popular F-150 Chevrolet Silverado, and uh, and that's also the case for the Colorado, the Canyon, and the Nissan Frontier. Pickup trucks are proportionally more likely than cars to be involved in a single-vehicle uh, runoff-the-road-type crash Better headlights might help reduce crashes. Um, so it's nice to see what I've been saying for quite a while someone else agrees with. I like to see that every once in a while. It makes me feel good when I see when, it, when people agree with what I have to say. I also want to uh, mention that uh, I got a, a copy of the Citation, which is the official newsletter of the New England chapter of the Edsel Owners Club. Um, and it's a, it's actually a very nicely done little newsletter. And it uh, and it has some stuff from the archives, which is in it. And there's a whole series, there's a whole story in here about the Somerville, Massachusetts Ford Assembly Plant. And uh, really kind of a nice thing. And uh, there's also two Edsels for sale, an Edsel Pacer Convertible. It's for sale, and uh, which is which looks like a very very nice car, and also our buddy Peter's car is for sale, a 1959 Ranger, and that's I don't know Peter, I think he's giving this car away, and uh, 
The, the, little, the little article says, you've seen this award-winning car at club events and cruise nights on the North Shore. It's Peter LaChapelle's 1959 Ford Ranger four-door sedan, famous for making its way from the Museum of Automobiles to the Harris Car Collection of Channel 2 Auction in 1997, restored to survivor standards, all-new Edsel Correct upholstery paint body glass are all in nice shape. It runs, drives, and stops like new. Asking 11.5. I like it. I like it. I think it's a nice car. Why don't you buy it? What are we doing? Oh, Rick in Boston. Rick, is that you? Yep, that's me, John. Oh, good, good thing. Well, today I'm out running errands and that, and I went by one place where this guy was blowing his leaves out onto the road, and it just dawned me like, hey, we got winter coming up, and um, I would ask your listeners not to shovel or snow blow snow out onto the roads, especially after the, the plow's been there to clean it. How about if I can do it just before the plow comes by? Well, uh, maybe that, but uh, it's not a good idea just even even beforehand in that because it just makes uh, the roads more dangerous. How about if I live? How about I live someplace and there's no place for me to put the snow? John, are you being argumentative? <laughs> a little bit, but you're but yeah. you're right. Actually, yeah, um, I know in certain communities, and I probably not where you are, but in certain communities, they actually tell you to put your leaves out in the street by the gutter because then they send the street sweeper thing by and it sweeps them all up. But uh, that's in a lot different community than I live in. But yeah, but yeah, they do that period. But yeah, the idea of blowing all the junk out of your your yard into the street um, so it blows into someone else's yard. First off, that doesn't seem like a very nice thing to do. No, it's not nice, and it, 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 you know, especially if they people just they just plow the road, and then um, you know, uh, you know, you put it yeah. put snow back on there. People are going to be driving down a bare road, and all of a sudden they hit a snowy patch. That's right. They're going to hit a snowy patch, and then if you do put it back out in the road, and a plow does come by again, it's going to end up. You know, either back in your driveway or back in your neighbor's driveway, whatever the case is. So, yeah, it's always best when you can to, to you know, keep the, keep the snow in your own yard, back up your own leaves, get rid of them, uh, do something yeah. with them. No, I, I agree with you. And, and especially for motorcycle riders like you, um, even more so than on a, in a car, uh, you hit a patch of wet leaves. It can be pretty, it can oh, yeah. be pretty tricky. Yeah, well, um, my dad taught me, you know, because we, we grew up uh, – North of Boston, <laughs> way north of Boston, and um, he told me, you know, you, when you shovel out front by the road, you you shovel three or four feet on the incoming side of your dri- driveway, farther extra, so that the snowplow dumps their what they're pushing off to the side in that spot. You hole, the hole you cleared before it hits your driveway. That's actually a pretty good suggestion. So, in other words, you yeah. make you, you, you shovel wider, so when the plow comes by, instead of stacking it between the two piles of snow, it actually pushes it off to the side a little bit so it doesn't stack up in the end of the driveway quite so much. Yeah. I can see how that might work. Yeah, you don't have to do it on the side where they've already passed your driveway, but uh, just before your driveway, clear it off a little, little deeper so that you don't have as much in front of your driveway. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, me, me and my old neighbor, we used to have a deal. We never we never put snow past the edge of the telephone pole. So, uh, yeah, yeah, because we don't have sidewalks, but we'd say, you know, don't put any more, you know, don't go past the telephone pole because then the street gets kind of narrow and and uh, and then it's going to end up, the plow is going to come by and want to widen the street out a little bit and all the snow is going to end up 
in in somebody else's driveway. So yeah, yeah. I always throw snow from my sidewalk into my front yard. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. No, uh, my uh, uh, I live on a corner in the uh, in the. Uh, the uh, when we get a lot of snow, the bucket truck comes and puts it in my front yard for me anyway. So whether I, whether I want it there or not, I I came out one morning there was like a fifteen foot pile high pile of snow in my front yard, and I'm like, oh, where did that yeah. come from? I'm sure my fence will be in good shape when when it thaws out in the spring, and and it, it worked yeah. out. It worked out, so it was all fine. But no, did good tip. Good good tip is I did get your letter. In fact, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, when I was on the phone with uh, Richard Rayner from Car ID about all the different uh, discounts uh, for uh, for military as well, in some cases um, uh, first responders, and it's all listed out here. And the one that wasn't on there was Car ID, which also offers a military discount. Oh, good, good. Yeah, so, and he mentioned that. Then, so he said they they yeah. are they are uh, uh, they are proud to offer it. So. No, there's this is this. Who put this list together? Well, um, I'm a volunteer over at the uh, West Rockford VA Hospital. Oh, okay. And um, you know, I'm I'm you know, right now. I'm sitting at Veterans Only Parking because I qualify. Uh, I'm retired military, and so uh, you know, I spoke with uh, one of the uh, staff members for the, the volunteer office, and. He, I don't know where he got it from, but he handed me that stack of sheets. <laughs> yeah, no, those are, you know, everything from, uh, you know, clothing to, you know, and go get a Dairy Queen. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, and, um, yeah. You no. might want to put that in uh, your, you know, AAA magazine. Um, double check, double yeah. check everything and then have an article on it. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense to do something with it because someone went through a lot of work and it's, um, you know, it's everything from uh, you know a dollar off a movie ticket at IMAX to uh, to uh, Regal Theaters. Uh, they have matinee prices for all their shows. Uh, you just need a military yeah. ID, and um, you know, and, and it could be uh, could be Lowe's. It's uh, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff here. And um, yeah, I'm in front of Lowe's right now, and um, they gave me a military discount when I bought uh, three thousand dollars worth of material for a back porch. No, they. So uh, yeah, I it was it was funny. I was down. I was in down in Lowe's in Florida. I had to buy about four hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff. And the guy said to me, uh, uh, you, you, "Are you military?" And I went, "No, no, they wouldn't take me." Uh, and he goes, "Oh, he said you could save ten percent. Said you could have saved you know forty five dollars." And I said, "Well, unless the guy next to me wants to buy it for me, I don't think that's going to happen." So, uh, but, but, you know, it was funny. It was funny down when I was, when I was in Florida, they asked me, they, you know, it wasn't one of those things like you had to ask. They said to me right off, right, right off the, yeah, yeah are you, which is uh, a little different than it seems like around here sometimes, but, but it was, well, it I, was, it was near Veterans Day too. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. But, uh, you know, here in Lo the Lowe's parking lot I'm in, uh, right next to the handicap is Veterans Only Parking. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Don't go parking in the expectant in the ex expecting mother's parking spot. Uh, I don't think I qualify for that one. Yeah. All right. Okay, Rick. Okay, Josh. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our number. If you want to get through, why don't we take another break? 
pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Phone lines are open on this nice Saturday morning. I know people are probably out and about because it looks like Sunday morning is not going to be quite as good. We'll be right back. Police stop my car. Police stop my car. The police made me stop. Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up. Police stop my car. All I want for Christmas is a real good tan. All I want for Christmas is a real good tan. Take me to the islands, put my feet in the sand. Rocking to and fro with the rhythm of the ocean. Sing silent night with the palm trees blowing. Okay, that's got nothing to do with cars, but apparently that's a Christmas gift hint. I'll take sort, it. Of I'll go sort, ahead. Yeah, yeah you're, you're all done with the cold oh weather. Oh, my God. I am so... And it's not even winter yet. Yeah, it's not... It's, I mean, we've had some cold snaps. Oh, it's going to yeah. be brutal. And you, Although, have a, and you have a remote car starter, and you work at home. It's true, but I still have to go out in the elements, and I don't like it. What, to take the trash out? I have a life. I go. I go do things sometimes. <laughs> oh, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should just stay in the house. Then, then, then pre. No, then pre. The house is nice. I yeah. got steam heat, yeah. so when that heat kicks on, it's nice. Then, then pre-warm your car, and you're all good. Yeah. Well, I often forget about the car start, the remote car start, and then I also. It's just so behind the scenes. I'm either getting my house redone or we're moving. <laughs> And Louie was looking at some condos that were down in the Florida area, and they have some friends of ours. And she's trying to convince me to go. I'm, you don't have to convince me. We're going. Let's just just let's do it. And I don't know if she's serious or not, but we'll see. The only, the only thing is, you might find that the schools are better here than they are there. That's fine. Tyler only has a couple of years left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be smart. It's okay. <laughs> well, don't they say you learn everything you learn by like in kindergarten? Yeah, that's all you sure. We'll have to ask. I we'll mean, have to ask Paul. Yeah, in life, that's really all you need to yeah, know. Yeah. So, be nice to people. Speaking and all of that. Paul, so it's early yeah, still. Yeah, so I guess way it's way early. Anyway, uh, one of the things that came out of the uh, L.A. Auto Show, the Toyota Corolla, uh, is going to come out in a hybrid, and it's for the first time it packs uh, a hybrid drivetrain and mileage that's pretty close to the Prius. Toyota claims the Corolla hybrid EPA rating will include at least 50 miles per gallon combined, which will put its fuel economy in line with the all-wheel drive Prius. Wait a second. The all-wheel drive Prius? I didn't even hear about that at the at the auto show. The Toyota showed this past Wednesday at the auto show. The Toyota Corolla liked the... Um, the Corolla Hybrid, like the Corolla, has some intriguing new proportions, possibly a bit more cab forward, so that means they move the windshield a little bit more forward than the outgoing model, uh, revealing more in fine details. It's built on the automaker's new platform. Um, the hybrid system makes 121 horsepower combined, and the 1.8-liter gasoline engine runs on what they call this lean Atkins cycle system. Two motors and a planetary gear system help juggle multiple drive modes and recover energy when decelerator braking. Um, 
Toyota says the active hydraulic brake booster can establish better brake pedal feel and preload uh, differential feature to help with torque distribution. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but it's kind of interesting that uh, it's going to have, you know, what everybody wants in cars, you know, large display screen and Wi-Fi connectivity and uh, what they call series, uh, Siri eye-free, so you keep your eyes on the road. Maybe it's all my complaining about too much stuff takes your eyes off the road. People, the manufacturers are starting to look at it. But the Corolla, the Corolla Hybrid will also come fitted with a full range of active safety features, which they're doing and everything. But um, interesting that of all the things I read about, I didn't read about anything about the Prius, all-wheel drive Prius, which is actually kind of a pretty neat idea. Let's see what we're doing here since people... People have called in. Let's talk to our buddy Paul in Braintree. Paul. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Terrific. I, I have a registry question, but but first of all, uh, maybe you want to comment on uh, GM dumping a lot of its brands. Well, the Impala and um, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. Pretty much. I you know, and the Impala is actually a really nice car. And the problem is it's about $15,000 overpriced. But I remember uh -huh. driving. I don't drive GM cars anymore because GM doesn't like New England, so they stopped providing cars to the New England huh. region. And yeah. uh, But the last time I drove an Impala, I drove it almost back-to-back -back with a Mercedes. And I'm like, I kind of like it better than the Mercedes, which it, the ride was better. The seats were more comfortable. It was economical. I liked it a lot. But, it was, but I want to say when I drove it, the one I drove was almost $45,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess there are several of the Cadillac models, which actually don't look as nice, I think, as yeah, the uh, yeah, top-line Chevy and yeah, Power. And Cadillac's killing some of those, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess they want to go with, with the way Ford is and then yeah. just do SUVs. Yeah, but I it, mean, that's, where the, that's where the money failure. Yeah, that's but, where the money is. But I think what's going to happen is, and then, you know, you know, Toyota sells half a million Camrys, and then all of a sudden they'll sell 700,000 Camrys, and people will go, well, you know, what's up with, you know, everybody buying these Japanese cars? Well, if it's the only thing left is Japanese and Korean cars, um, right. I, would be selling, I would be selling sedans. I mean, my feeling is if you can sell 300,000 of anything, why would you stop trying to sell it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't to yeah. me either. Yeah, I although, although and I know, and I know you, you and... Most of the listeners here are not are not uh, fans of our president, but uh, he did have he did have a good line when someone asked him about it, and they said something like, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Chevrolet Cruze doesn't sell, and he said, well, build a better car, which I actually yeah. thought was a pretty which I actually thought was a pretty good answer. He's not wrong. Well, yeah. even even a clock is right <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice, twice a day. Twice. Okay. Okay, enough, <laughs> enough politics. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I'm laughing at my own jokes here. The, uh, I have a registry question, and maybe you can get somebody on. Uh, and this happened to me yesterday, but it happens an awful lot. Um, uh, this is a, a, in Weymouth uh, off of, uh, it's uh, Park Street that crosses mm -hmm. Route 18. Uh, and there's a Dunkin' Donut there and a Mary Lou's across mm -hmm. the street. Um, as soon as you cross Route 18, going, I guess, east, that two lanes becomes one. Mm -hmm. um, unless the registry has changed the rules and regulations, I thought that the person, if it's two lanes, right lane disappears. Uh, the person, the car that is in front in the left lane, which is going to remain, uh, 
uh, has the right of way. Uh, yesterday, about three o'clock, I was nearly pushed into the oncoming mm-hmm. uh, 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 traffic because a person, actually in an older Chevy Impala, uh, insisted on being where I was. Yep. And, and yep. physics nope. just does not allow yep. that. No. Nope. No, and you and you're absolutely right. That is that is the rule. It's it's when because you're essentially merging at that point, and whenever you merge, you need to yield, and uh, you know yield by you know you know merge by definition is blending of traffic, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're supposed to you're supposed to yield to the traffic flow, which is it's which you are in. Um, you coming to the radio station here. There is a set of lights at the bottom of the street, and there was a van stopped at the green light next to me because he also wanted to go left, but he was in the wrong lane. So, you know, it's the same thing. And it's like, well, you first off, you don't belong there. You should have waited in line like you were supposed to. And the same thing with that. You know, somebody should have, somebody should have, uh, you know, the person should have slowed down. And it, it maybe it's the time of the season. There was a, I was at another set of lights coming here today, and the person three cars up from me didn't want to turn right on red. Well, it's an option. You don't have to turn right on red. And there was a woman behind me, older than me, and she starts looking and looking and looking, and the light changes, and she starts screaming, and she's all by herself. And as soon as we all turned right at that intersection, she flew by me. You could hear her, You could hear the engine in her little Hyundai Elantra working as hard as it could. And, of course, at the next set of lights, she was one car ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, well, the thing that really concerned me, and I, I actually should have called the women police. I saw the eh, she was a past a person in her twenties. Mm-hmm. She took out her cell phone and took a picture of my license plate. Um, and she was so close to me, uh, and actually Taylor, yeah. I couldn't get a picture of her. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I just thought a lot of crazy. Maybe it is the season. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea, but there you, you, you cannot be too careful. <clears throat> I only wish there were a lot of women police that seem to patrol that area because yeah. I guess the hospital is near there. It is. Um, unfortunately, there were none there at that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's really dangerous. I yeah. mean, it, no, you know, no, I mean, I, no. I, I'd be more than happy to let the person by, but I had no place to go. Yeah, you know? no, that, no. Um, <clears throat> you, you can see. I can barely see it on my. You know, no. my right no. review mirror. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I absolutely agree with you in, uh, in, um, you know, what happened. And if somebody took a picture of your license plate and there's nothing, you know, what are they going to good for them? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, maybe they can frame it. Yeah, you there know? you go. There you go. Uh, well, anyway, so all right. That's my little all right. for today. But um, the. Um, yeah, well, I hope GM survives. I mean, I hate to see the car company um, suffer, but it seems like, uh, yeah. you know, they're... Um, no, no. I, I would agree with the president to this degree. Uh, you not only do they make, should make better cars, but better design cars. Yeah, no. Um, and I have a gripe with just with the Cadillacs. If uh, you read my Facebook page, I, I post one of a 55 Caddy. Or fifty six in that era, yeah. and they were really great looking cars. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they, they stood out. Yeah, no, um, I know it's probably my age, but I, you know, yeah. they all look like nothing. Today. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're all they're, they're all designed out. in wind tunnels, and and but the other the other thing is the Cadillac Cadillac just didn't. It had design. It had you know whether it was you know whether it was in the seventies with an Eldorado or whether it was yeah. in the fifties with you know whatever whatever it was then they actually had a very specific design a design that people people 
you know, looked and, you know, said, wow, what a great, even if I can't afford it, what a great looking car. Nobody, I don't think anybody looks at the Cadillac today and goes, wow, what a fabulous looking car because it looks like everything else. And just yeah, it really Cadillac, does. I yeah, mean, just and, put a Cadillac emblem on it. Yeah, I, I question what, you know, the idea that they're do, they're doing away with the uh, Chevrolet Volt uh, yeah, even though even good. though they said we're we're going to focus on electric vehicles and the Volt they finally got to the point where it's actually a pretty nice car all electric for the first 60 miles or so then a pretty economical gas engine on top of that pretty neat design where it was a hatchback uh, pretty pretty nice car and to say that we're going to do away with that doesn't make any sense to me either so. Well, I imagine in the next six months there'll be yeah. a whole complete well, management yeah. change. Yeah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. All right, Goodbye. take care. Bye-bye. Let's go over to Roy, I think. Roy, is that you? Yes, I had talked to, I, I had talked to you last uh, spring about switching to uh, full synthetic because I've got a 2009 Kia Spectre with yep. over 100,000, and it was noisy when it got below freezing mm -hmm. last winter. So I slowly worked into the full synthetic for a couple of changes. I did the semi-synthetic because yep. I'd read reports that they could cause leaks. I don't know. And I went to the full synthetic. 14 degrees out uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, engine quiet. Yeah. Held up the noise. And I swear it's it started the first turn of the key. Yeah. No, synthetic oil, full synthetic oil is... You know, you pay more for it, but to me, the benefits are that much better. It's funny, when I sold my old car to uh, uh, one of my coworkers, which remind me never to do that again, by the way, um, when I, uh, <laughs> uh, only because I feel guilty when something goes bad. They're fine exactly. with it. But, but, uh, but uh, I, I mentioned to her that as long as I've owned the car, it's only had synthetic oil in it. And I think that has something to do with the way it always starts and the way it always sounds, and it always yeah. always did a good job. So, um, so she's still using it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I, well, I don't know that. I don't know that, but I, I mentioned... Uh, I, and, and the car seems to run smoother when I'm driving it. I don't know whether it's... Yeah, they, um, yeah. Imagining it. Yeah, there could, there could be a little bit of that, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, and I, like I've always said, I was always a little bit of a, a little hesitant on what, what's the point of synthetic oil if you change your oil often enough. But I've found the benefits of synthetic oil far outweigh yeah. any of the costs. I, mean, it's, so. uh, I paid sixty dollars versus like thirty for the regular right. oil change. Right. It's not like good. You're not talking a lot of money. Yeah. But I wish I'd switched it last year. But I googled stuff online and said if you take an older car, like it's an 09, yep. and you run full synthetic, you can seals will leak. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really only when the, if you have sludge in the engine that's keeping the seals from leaking, the semi the yeah. synthetic oil tends to wash away the sludge, so then yeah. all of a sudden you have a problem. The only one I've ever run into, uh, I, have, I have a co-worker that's got an Acura with about 250,000 miles on it, and they, they say when they switch to synthetic oil, it does... Uh, the rear seal drips a little bit when they switch back to conventional. It doesn't, and but they're the same way. They they said I would love to run it, but I, I just don't want to do that. But I've never had I've never had a problem. The Volkswagen that we have now has is only synthetic oil. That's all Volkswagen uses. And even at that, the dealer runs a special when it gets slow, like this time of year, and they do a synthetic oil change for like forty bucks, where normally yeah, they, normally they do it for like oil. eighty. Is synthetic oil made from regular oil? In most in good? most cases, it is. What happens? It's just oh, okay. processed in such a way that all the molecules and the all the molecules become the same size, and they have some additional additive packages in it. So it comes from dead dinosaurs, um, and then. Uh, 
and then it's processed after that. I think someday they'll probably bring the price down to one thirty. Yeah, yeah, because you know, it's going to it's going to be the only thing out there. So yeah, that's the case. All right, good anyway, luck with it, Roy. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I switched, but I was scared after reading those yeah, things about I, leaks and stuff. I understand. All right, good luck with it. It was going to leak, and it would leak right away, right? It, yeah, oh, yeah, it'd, be, it'd leak within the first 1,000 miles or so. So you're good. Oh, okay. Okay, Thanks, John. all right, Bye. take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Let's see if we can finish up with Mike. Michael? Yes, good morning, John. Good morning. John, I have a question about the Monroney um, new car window sticker. Okay. Um, is there any place on there that tells you the grade of gasoline that's required? Not you know, not recommended. No, but required. No, car. No, it's 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 in the owner's manual. It's in the door. It's in the gas flap, gas cap flap. But I don't believe there's any place on the Monroney that it's I've seen that. Unless it's in you know you know how it is the the big print giveth the little print taketh away kind of thing. So you know maybe under the EPA number it might say something like you know with premium fuel. The only place I've ever seen anything like that is in horsepower numbers. Sometimes they'll say you know engine produces 400 horsepower with 93 octane gasoline. But most of the cars we're seeing today have premium fuel recommended, not required, which means that for yeah. optimum you know, performance, you would use premium fuel. But in most cases, we did a study at AAA using a um, chassis dynamometer, and we found that um, on the cars that recommended premium fuel, um, we found that there was virtually no difference in performance. What we did find is even the ones that had um, a gas mileage difference, so gas mileage went down a smidge, we found that paying that extra 20 cents a gallon or more was nowhere paid for the uh, better gas mileage you got. Yeah, you know, I know it's easy enough to get the information, but I'm just thinking, you know, the stick is supposed to kind of give you that, and I thought it might be something. Yeah, I've, I can't recall ever seeing it. You know, definitely, definitely in the owner's manual, definitely on the, you know, on the gas cap door. You know, some of the cars I get will say, uh, you know, 91 octane recommended, or, uh, or in some cases, you know, 91 octane required. But that's about it. Yeah. Okay. I just thought, you know, it tries to give you the information. Yeah. I thought it yeah. Was, Not another, yeah. We we have to go find Senator Monroney, who uh, <laughs> who the who who the sticker was named after, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> that can be an interesting question yeah. in itself. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Take, take care. Time. Yep. Bye bye. Well, we are running out of time, and there's Paul Sullivan sitting there in his um, GW University. Spent one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for this. For that shirt, yep. you got taken. Just thought I'd mention that to the cleaners. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money for a sweatshirt. I mean, it's a good-looking sweatshirt. Don't get me wrong. Education valuable, though. It is. Yeah. Oh, oh, you. Did, it wasn't just you bought a one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars sweatshirt. No. No. Yeah. But but since I paid $125,000 to this uh, prestigious institution, I need to um, promote them so maybe they can uh, bring the price down for future generations. You know, that's yeah, that's not going to happen. But, but, that, but that is a truly s selfish, unself, what's it? Selfless. Yeah, selfless. Well, it keeps statement. me warm, too. I mean, yeah. It does well, have okay. function. All right. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so you know, I mean, I, uh, buy, buy more sweatshirts. Maybe, the, maybe tuition will go down. 
I'm gonna. My next one is a uh, Salem uh, uh, network, uh, like uh, like Keith has. Oh, all right, yeah. Which he had to buy online. I'm not sure that was true. All right, okay. I think I think someone may have given it to him. But really? Yeah, I think so. So I why why would he uh, why would he fib to us? Probably because he probably didn't want you to feel bad that you didn't get one. Well, I, I feel bad that I didn't get one, but uh, why would he yeah. fib to us? Because you don't want you to feel because because propaganda shirts for the station. Yeah, because you didn't because didn't want you to feel bad. Well, yeah. Well, that's Rodney Dangerfield said in that yeah. famous movie, Back to School. You don't lie to me. You lie to women. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a penchant for sucking the oxygen out of the room, don't uh, I? Well, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's go. I, I saw Johnny Costello in here this morning. Yeah, he's over at uh, City of Boston Credit Union in West Roxbury. And the West last Roxbury? time I was there at Christmas time, uh, Santa Claus showed up. I don't know if that's going to happen again today. But I don't discount the possibility. Last time I was at one of the credit unions, yeah, uh, Seamus walked in and actually put some money in a bank account. Well, it's good that he has the money to I know, do that. I, I love know. that. I, I love know. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I thought it's that mutual was good. support of our sponsors. Absolutely. It's very hey, the important. Piano guy's playing. I can't hear. So, I yeah, I know. Yeah. So. Uh, before he be, before he finishes playing, what's what's up for the Irish Hit Parade today? This, I you know December first. I mentioned you earlier in the program. That typically means it's usually time for you to start playing Christmas music. It's the most wonderful time. Yep, we will. Oh, okay, all right, we all will. Right. And um, maybe some new ones this year. We you know we've got the old traditional ones that people love to hear. But every once in a while, it's nice to break up, break up some new Irish Christmas tunes, and there are some new ones. I, I think I think it's a good idea. Yeah. All right, all right. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week, and the very best of Irish music coming up next with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade, and, and also Johnny Costello. You know he's he's out there. He's out there. Don't you know? Look out for him. We'll be we'll be back next week. Bye bye.